In this week's market update, investors come to terms with higher for longer interest rates while politics takes centre stage here in the UK. Last week's Jackson Hole Central Bank Symposium was as influential as investors feared. Everyone was looking for Fed Chair Jerome Powell to strike a more hawkish tone and he did just that. Saying that the Federal Reserve must keep at it until the job is done, he deliberately evoked his predecessor, Paul Volcker, the Fed chair in the early 1980s, who's widely credited with defeating the damaging inflation that scarred the 1970s. Keeping at it was the title of Volcker's 2018 memoir, published a year before he died. Powell only spoke for nine minutes, but it was long enough to drive home the point that higher for longer interest rates would constrain economic growth for some time and that this would inevitably cause pain to US households. The market cannot have been surprised by these comments, which were widely expected, but the S&P 500 nevertheless fell 3.4% after Powell's speech, the biggest one-day decline since June. The Nasdaq index, which is particularly sensitive to expectations of higher interest rates, fell by nearly 4%. The bond market was a bit more sanguine, with the yields on government bonds or treasuries remaining largely unchanged. This, however, left the yield curve, the relationship between long and short bond yields, inverted, a classic sign of economic trouble ahead. When the yield on two-year treasuries is higher than that on the 10-year bond, as it is today, it's often been a signal of a recession in the months ahead. Higher short yields than longer ones are a kind of market shorthand for the expectation that near-term interest rate policy will damage long-term growth prospects. Powell's message was clear. His view of inflation has changed markedly from the same Jackson Hole event last year, when he suggested that rising prices would be a short-term or transitory phenomenon. That view has clearly been overtaken by events, with US inflation close to double digits and higher still on this side of the Atlantic. Most importantly, Powell poured cold water on the market's expectation that a short-term increase in interest rates would give way to a subsequent cut in rates next year. He said the historical record cautioned against easing policy prematurely and warned that not getting on top of inflation would risk it becoming baked into people's expectations and so entrenched. The next few weeks, we'll see interest rate announcements from the world's key central banks. Next week, the ECB is expected to raise rates by a further 0.5 percentage points, although some are now expecting the European Central Bank to follow the Fed's lead with a bigger 0.75 percentage points hike. The Bank of England follows on the 15th of September. Again, the expectation is that the bank will continue raising rates despite growing fears of a looming recession. Then, on the 21st of September, it's the Fed's turn. Having raised rates by 0.75% in both June and July, it's expected to raise by the same amount next month too. By February, the expectation is that US interest rates will be 3.8%. At the beginning of this month, the forecast was 3.3%. The challenges in the world's three main regions are clearly different. The US has an inflation problem and the Fed is clearly still confident that the economy is strong enough to withstand interest rates at a high enough level to get on top of rising prices. Meanwhile, over in Asia, the world's second biggest economy, China, faces more of a growth challenge, 
after Beijing's zero COVID policy effectively shut down large parts of the economy for much longer than we experienced in the rest of the world. China is also battling with a bursting property bubble after years of overinvestment, which has driven supercharged economic growth in the country, but created an unstable over-indebted system. Meanwhile, here in Europe, we have the worst of both worlds, with inflation running at levels not seen for 40 years, coupled with stagnant economic growth and a growing cost of living crisis. Both have been exacerbated by the war in Ukraine, which has seen supplies of Russian gas curtailed, sending prices spiralling higher. The stagflationary problems in Europe are being reflected in the currency markets, where investors are looking through the positives of higher interest rates to the negatives of looming recession. Both the euro, already down 15% against the dollar this year, and the pound, well below $1.20, are on the back foot. One of this week's main economic highlights will be inflation data in Europe. Inflation in Europe hit 8.9% in July and is expected to top 9% when the August figure is announced on Wednesday. Germany's central bank chief has warned that inflation will not subside through 2023 as it's being driven by higher gas prices, which last week hit another record high. The fear is that the ECB's bid to reverse spiralling inflation will tip the region into recession. The other main number to keep an eye on will be US jobs data, with Friday's non-farm payrolls expected to show another strong rise in job creation. With expectations of another 290,000 increase in jobs, this will be the 20th consecutive month of positive growth in the employment market. And it's not just jobs that are strong in the US. Retail sales are positive too, with the likes of Macy's last week topping analysts' expectations. All in all, there's no reason yet for the US central bank to hold back from tightening policy. It's a much more nuanced situation elsewhere, not least here in the UK, where the focus will be firmly on politics this week, as the Conservative leadership challenge comes to an end with the announcement next Monday of the next Prime Minister to replace the ousted Boris Johnson. Liz Truss remains the firm favourite, but there are big question marks over how she intends to deal with the country's growing cost of living crisis, as the price of gas in particular spirals out of control. The average annual cost of heating a British home was £1,200 six months ago, but the soaring cost of wholesale gas means it's likely to exceed £5,000 by the end of the upcoming winter. With the cost of petrol and food also rising sharply, basic living costs are becoming unaffordable for many of the most vulnerable. Faced with this, however, Ms Truss has so far resisted what she calls handouts in favour of tax cuts, which critics say will not target fiscal support at the people who need it most. Well, all will become clear very shortly, not least because whoever wins the leadership race is expected to hold a mini emergency fiscal event by the end of September, ahead of the full-blown budget scheduled for October.
Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.